Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. Well, when I was studying for the last class we taught about the mindset of abundance or the abundant mindset, this particular person continued to keep coming up through my studies, and that was King Josiah. I don't know how many of you are familiar with King Josiah's story. We will go over that. But today's title is simple. It's Josiah. Amen? The, the um, title, not the title, but the, the theme of this message is for righteous living. I want us to seek God and help us to walk in righteousness and walk in the fullness of God. Again, it goes back to a mindset. Amen? All right. Well, we know that during King Josiah's childhood, there was tremendous compromise and sin. Idol worship was prevalent everywhere. Now, during King Josiah's reign, the northern kingdom, Israel, had already been taken captive by the Assyrians. There was still the tribe of Judah, Simeon, and Benjamin that resided in the southern kingdom. Okay? Now, in order to completely understand King Josiah's story, I want to take us back through a summary of three generations before King Josiah. Now, you will find these history lessons in 2 Kings 18.22 and 2 Chronicles 29.32 of the story of his great-grandfather, King Hezekiah. Now, King Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became the king of Judah. He did, the, he did things that was pleasing in the sight of God. He was considered a good king. Now, if you go back in history, after Joshua had died, they placed the judges in place. You can see in, in uh, Judges 2, verse 11 through 13, where idol worship was beginning to form. So when King Hezekiah comes onto the stage... That had been going on for many, 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 many years. So his heart was to do the right thing. So he brought in the priests and the Levites. He told them to consecrate themselves and the temple. And he began to remove all of the uh, idols and the Asher poles and all the different altars. He wanted, he wanted to worship God in, in a proper form. Amen because he knew that his forefathers were unfaithful. And let me tell you, if you're not living for God, you're going to find yourself in a heap of trouble for the most part. Amen? So when King Hezekiah passed away, his son Manasseh, who was Joshua's grandfather, he did evil things in the sight of the Lord. This guy was very wicked And he reigned for 55 years, which, okay? Manasseh was the longest reigning king in the history of Israel. Now, he began to intimidate the idolatry worship of 
the pagans, and the people of the land. He rebuilt the pagan shrines that his father Hezekiah removed. He built the images of Baal, of Asher. He went as far as to build the pagan altars in the temple of the Lord. Think about that. This is the house of God. Could you imagine if we came in here and there were these idols that were, yeah, I mean, this guy was, was evil, very wicked. But the Lord came to him and spoke to him and the people, but they did not adhere to the voice of the Lord. So the Assyrians came and captured Hezekiah, and they put him in jail. They put a nose ring in him. They, they, they bound him with brass chains and, and, and all the things to just restrict him from even breathing. And in that state, he began, began to cry out to God, Yahweh. And in his great distress, God answered his prayer, and he was then released, was allowed to go back to Jerusalem and re-reign, rule in his kingdom. When he became free again, he built the walls, reestablished the walls of the city of David. He began to take down all the idols again. He removed them uh, as his father did. And, And in that, he restored the proper sacrifices and peace offerings to God. But it was a little late too soon. It was just too too late. The people were so corrupted by the behavior of this king. Then he died, and King Ammon, who was the father of Josiah, who was a 22-year-old king when he began to reign in Jerusalem, he only reigned for two years. He was so wicked. He was wicked even beyond his father. And he went back and undid what King Manasseh was trying to reestablish after he was in prison and found the true God. Isn't that interesting? That happens even to people today. They get themselves in big trouble. They forget about God until they get in big trouble. And then they come to God. But see, Amon, he, he didn't even... He didn't even listen to God. God tried to get his attention, but he was so wicked that he said, I'm not doing this. I'm doing what the people want and what feels good to me. Amen? Now, you will find Amen in 2 Kings 21, 19, 26, and in 2 Chronicles 33, 21, and 25. Now, before we get to Josiah, I wanted to talk to you about the Old Testament examples uh, of their idol worship. The first one was the idol of Baal. Second was Asherah or Asher. And the third was Moloch. Baal was a symbol of increase in crops and fertility. It, it, it represented what I would call abundance or increase. Asher was considered the wife of Baal, and she represented sexuality sexuality and sensuality. Those are two different things, by the way. And then Moloch was a god where they would offer up their firstborn male child for prosperity. Can you imagine that? That's what the people of those king's days did, even before then. Now, I want to shine a little light on today's society. Today, 
they'll exist through people's gluttony, excessiveness, and their covetedness. Asher is represented as anything goes. The sexual immorality, the homosexuality, the drugs, the corruption. Oh, man, think about the corruption we see on TV every day from people who are supposedly supposed to look after us. And then the last one, which is very sad, is abortion, the sacrificial, the sacrifice of our children. Now, ladies, if you've ever been in that situation, I'm very, very sorry. That's a tough deal. And God loves you, and he forgives you for that. Because, listen, there was a man on the other side of that that neglected to help or forced it. You know what I mean? And it's a very, very, very sad situation. But God loves us so much because we did as King Hezekiah did. And we did what we will see Josiah do. And that was come to the Lord. And with that, all this idol worship, idols that we've had in our life, he erases that from us. Amen? So, the title of this message is Josiah. And we're, okay? And we are studying the king of Josiah. You will find King Josiah in 2 Kings chapter 22 and 23. And you'll find him in 2 Chronicles 34 and 35. Now, Josiah became king after his father. And I didn't explain that. Ammon, his father, reigned two years. He was assassinated by his officials because of his wickedness. Now, the people that assassinated him were killed by the people of Judah. I didn't get into a deep study of, you know, we, we, we can make common sense of it that this is why, because they were upset because now they're facing a whole new thing and they were uncertain of what they're going to be facing. But here you have this eight-year-old king, Josiah, who now is king over the southern uh, kingdom. Josiah reigned for 31 years. He was eight when he came king. He ruled for 31 years. And Josiah did what was pleasing to the Lord. Now, in my studies, King Hezekiah had the mantle of Solomon. King David, I mean, King Josiah had the mantle of David. Does that make sense? And you probably know more about this than I do. But through my study, I'm giving it my best. Okay, so anyway... Uh, king Josiah, he followed the example of his ancestor, David. David was a king that was after God's own heart. When King Josiah was 16, he began to seek the things of God. At the age of 20, he began to eradicate the evil worship that was prevalent in the land. He began, and this is pretty interesting too, he began to remove all of the altars, all of the uh, sacrifice, um, uh, uh, um, idols, and what he did that was so different than what his, what his uh, grandfather Manasseh did was King David went and completely destroyed them all. He crushed them into powder, all these. And he, I mean, he, he went throughout the land, even in the northern kingdom, removing all these idols. Now, Manasseh, 
his grandfather took down those when he came out of prison, but he took those idols and set them outside the city. They were just laying out there. Think about that. But Manasseh, I mean, uh, Josiah destroyed them. He took the very powder of those idols and scattered them on the graves of the people that worshiped there. See, so King Manasseh continued to compromise where King Josiah destroyed. He wanted to completely get rid of all that represented the things that were not of God. During during his reign, at the age of 26, he decided to rebuild the temple of God. It It had become ignored and neglected and became... It just was in shambles. So he went to his men, and he says, go to the temple, get with the high priest, Hilkiah, gather the money, take that money, give it to the, 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 the men that can rebuild the temple. That's what they did. But during the time that the temple was being rebuilt, Hilkiah, in some old back room of that temple, found the book of the law. Some people said it was the five books of Moses, the Torah. Some say it was just the book of Deuteronomy. But Hilkiah gave it to King Josiah's secretary, Shaphan. Shaphan brought it to the king. The king asked him, read it to me. This is the first time that King Josiah ever saw or heard the true word of God. Now, they say that King Manasseh, his grandfather, removed the word from the land, got rid of it. But some priest, one of the priests, saved a copy of it. That's what I understand. So when Josiah began to hear the words of the law for the very first time, he began to weep, repent, and he tore his clothes. Sign of repentance. I look at it as it's like, God, my heart is fully exposed to you. I expose myself to you, God. I want to be right with you. I want you to forgive me because he, he learned that even what he was still doing was a shadow of sin. Okay. So through that process, he told his men to go see the prophetess, Holda, because he wanted to make sure that whatever he does moving forward was the right thing to do. So when Shapin, his secretary, and Hilkiah, the high priest, and a couple of the other men went to go see Huldah, Huldah gave this prophecy that God would still bring destruction on the land of Judah. But Josiah would not see the destruction, and that he would live in peace, and that he would be put to rest with his forefathers. So because of Josiah's heart, he was able to continue to live out his life in the fullness of God and to receive the mercy and grace of God. Now, we all know that there's an appointed time for all of us to go before the Lord. And a situation that happened to Josiah was that the Pharaoh of Egypt was beginning to war with the Assyrians, and Josiah did not want Pharaoh to be involved, or there was a conflict there. So Josiah went to war with the Egyptians, and he was then killed in that war at the age of 39, okay? And his body was brought back to Jerusalem 
and he was laid to rest. Now you think, how in the world could he find peace if he's fighting with the Egyptians, right? Would you think that? But God gave him through his life great rewards. I mean, the things that he did for the people. Now, when Josiah received the word and the prophecy, he called all the men and leadership and people to the temple. And he read that word to them. First time many, many of the people ever heard the word of God. They were just going by what people say, you know. And he proclaimed that he was going to commit to this. And he asked the people to commit to it. And they were inspired and they wanted to be like the king. And they too began to serve Yahweh. And he also instilled or installed the Passover. Think about all the years, no Passover. And that was, that was incredible what God did for the people in Egypt. Incredible. And uh, it's, such a, it's just a crazy story where you watch and, and read about all these different kings that just ignored what God wanted to do for them just like he does for us. Sometimes we just, we just go right past the very thing that God wants to do for us. And we allow our flesh to lead us in that manner. And talking about that, the Lord's given me a, a really awesome message whenever I'm asked to come back and share with you guys about the power of your influence. Because Josiah had a, a powerful influence on the people of Judah. And we too possess that when we walk in the likeness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we follow the word of the Lord. Amen? So, I want us to take a look at this prophetic wisdom through the power of the word that Josiah received when the word came into focus, okay? And this applies to all of us. When we begin to apply the very lessons that Josiah's life shows us, we find peace, power, protection, and provision. And here's how we do it, and it's so simple. Number one, truly seek God. We can seek God at any age. We can seek God at any time. And we can seek God at any place. I've had the privilege many times sharing the word of salvation to people in my workplace where I'm out traveling around. People can receive it anywhere. But here's something that's interesting that the Holy Spirit showed me about time. Psalms 31.5 says, and we must declare this. And we're saying, my time is in your hands. Deliver me from the hand of thy enemies and from those who persecute me. The Lord is saying, deliver you from the people that speak negative around you, the people that condemn you, the people that want to hurt you, the people that are jealous of you, the people that want to pull you down because God is raising you up. Also from the enemy, the, the, the devil and his demons, um, Satan is always lying about you and me to us. 
He's always. So at any age and at any time, and if you're backslidden, you, can, you know that God's mercy and grace will always bring us back to him. Amen? The second thing is give all your heart to God, just as Josiah. When Josiah began to remove the idols, he was truly seeking God. He saw that these false idols were taking the true worship away from Yahweh. He didn't want that anymore. He wanted all of the people to worship corporately for God. But when we give God our heart, we're saying, God, circumcise my heart, as we all know. He also, when we give him our heart, he begins to remove our past. We still want to hang on to it sometimes because it feels good to be miserable. It feels good to, to linger around in such pity and mercy. I don't know why our flesh loves that, but it does. He also opens our heart to love him with all our soul and all our life. He opens our heart for that. So Josiah gave his heart to God like his father and grandfather never did. The third thing that's very important is receive God's word. And this is found when Josiah heard the word of God for the very, very first time. And what that's telling me is, do you want to be different than most people today? Do you want to be what Pastor Larry said the other day, that we are a peculiar people? Amen? Receive his word. Strive to make time in a schedule to be in his word. The next thing in receiving God's word is, do you want to live your life in honor and integrity? God's word in your life, activated, will elevate you. I constantly, in my business, project a personal image of myself, of a man of integrity and honor, to where I carry myself humbly and, uh, and, and that I stop and listen to my people that work with me. Um, uh, I, I root out judgment because it can be so easy to judge people. It can be so easy, for example, of taking an employee that, that isn't quite well-trained, thinking that he should be well-trained, doing something that may cost you a few dollars because he made a mistake. It's nobody's fault but my own. So I don't cast judgment on my manager. I don't cast judgment on my people. That's back on me. So with that, and, and my behavior and reaction to that shows that I am a, a person of integrity and that I honor even the people around me as I honor myself, you know. The next thing is, do you want more understanding, more knowledge, and more wisdom? Receive God's word. And I'm going to break this down. Understanding is the, the gaining of information. Knowledge is taking the understanding and knowing how to apply. Wisdom is knowing when to apply the knowledge. Let that sink in for a minute. 
Understanding is receiving information. Knowledge is knowing how to use the information. Wisdom is knowing when to use the knowledge. I find that to be powerful. And the last thing I want to say about receive God's word, I want you to examine yourselves right now. What you pursue now, this very day, you will become. What you pursue now, this very hour, this very day, you will become. What are the thoughts that consume you on a daily basis? Do you allow your finances to bring you down? Do you allow the pressures of work to bring you down? Do you allow the pressures of home or uh, relationships bring you down? You need to do what Paul wrote about in Philippians 4, I believe in 7 to 8, where he says, we got to begin to think of what is noble, what is good, what is pleasing, you know. When, when we allow things to manipulate what we're thinking and doing, we, we'll get off track. I don't know about you, but for me, I don't know how many times throughout the day I thank God. I don't know how many times. A lot. We all do. All of us here do. You know, um, before I, uh, before I go in and, and do business with people, I always say, God, um, thank you for this opportunity. And, and I, I ask you that you give me eyes to see, ears to hear, and a discernment keener than any man has ever known. That I can see and do the things that are in the natural, but I see them in the supernatural. You know? Because... Um, I want to be a vessel that, again, walks in integrity and honor, but also has that anointing of Zephaniah. Remember that he was talking about the son that was was very anointed to earn a living, very high earning wages, and uh, and and I want to be that guy that that has that gift, but it's not for me and my family. It's for my church. It's for Israel. It's, it's for the needs of others. You know, um, Laura and I, um, not to brag, but we're always kind of looking around to see who we can help and bless. You know, and, uh, and our, our deal is, is sometimes we find these little cars laying around that I can buy pretty cheap that somebody needs something temporary to get around in. I'm like, here, take this. What? No, just take it. If you don't have the money for insurance, we'll insure it, get your license, and go. And then when you're done, just pass it on, you know. Um, so one of these days, I'd like to be able to do it where I'm buying Ferraris and Lamborghinis and things like that and passing around, you know. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, what you pursue now, you will become. And for me, in my house, we want to serve the Lord. We want to pursue the things of God, Amen. All right, the last, the last thing is stay faithful from whatever the outcome. See, King Josiah received the revelation, the prophecy from Huldah that Judah was going to be destroyed. Now, how 
bummed out would you be over that? Here you are, you're working hard to bring it back to God and, and to refortify the city and get all the people in one accord and, and to live right for God. And they do that because they, wanna, they, they, they don't want to see Judah exiled to Babylon. You know, I mean, there's, there, there was, just think about the pressure those people were under all the time in that environment. So, but to stay faithful from whatever the outcome we need to, is to stay focused on the foundation of our faith. No God never leaves us nor forsakes us. Here's a key, a very strong key. Be spiritually dressed always, wearing the armor of God. And strive to walk in righteousness, whatever may be the outcome. I have a very powerful quote that I found when I was doing this study, and I'd like for you guys to write this down and hang on to it. Because it it leads us directly to the cross and the power of the resurrection. And I'll quote it a couple times. But in Josiah's life, Josiah died in peace. But the people continued to live under God's judgment. Jesus Christ died under God's judgment. So we today can live in peace. Let that sink in. And I heard that, I was like, that is wonderful. Josiah died in peace. And the people continued to live under God's judgment. But Jesus died under God's judgment. So his people would have peace. We serve a good, good God. A mighty God. And there's anything we can learn from Josiah is that whatever and however wicked the environment is that we live in, we can influence those around us and impact them for the kingdom of heaven. A little eight-year-old boy became king, never knew the word of God, but his heart was like David's. He knew that there was something greater than what his eight-year-old eyes could see. As he was much younger, he would walk through the fields and he would pick up these carven images and he would bring them home. And when his grandfather Manasseh was a very old age, Manasseh began to share with him about the true God, the only one God. Because remember, Manasseh's heart changed after he went to prison. So as Josiah became a king, And at the age of 16, he really truly understood that these idols were taking away from the true one God. So, I think Josiah is a great example for us from, from time to time. Jesus Christ is our first and foremost example. But let me encourage you to get into the book of Kings and the book of Chronicles and read these stories. Because for me, it changed my heart. 
You know, I've heard these, these messages about King Josiah and King Hezekiah. But never have I received the true revelation until I really sat down and began to study these, these men. And uh, it, it shows me, too, that there's a lot that I need to work on, continue to work on. I really do. Because I want to walk in the fullness of my God. I want to walk in the fullness. I want, I want you to walk in God's fullness. I want you to live a life in peace, in power, protection, and abundance. I want you to walk and, and receive God's revelation, that still small voice speaking to you, knowing when to go or when to hold. You know, the power of God is a mighty, mighty thing through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that over all of us today. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to, you mind if I pray the blessing? Let's receive the blessing and then we'll get out of here this morning. Father, thank you for this teaching today. And Lord, more than anything, I thank you for the revelation that I have received. And I pray that I poured it out. I did it the best that I could. Now, Father, I ask that you will touch and bless these people. I ask, Lord, that you will keep them and protect them. I ask that you make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. Lord, we ask that righteousness and peace and joy of the Holy Spirit come and move in our lives, which is the kingdom of heaven, and that we are like trees planted by the streams of living water, that our leaves never wither, and we produce fruit in every season. And wherever we go and whatever we touch shall be called blessed. Now, Father, we lift up Pastor Larry, Scott, Pastor Wanderson, and the crew that are down in Brazil at this huge conference. And I know, Father God, that you're doing a mighty work in all the lives that are participating. And we, pick, we lift up the pastor today that's bringing the word to us in the main sanctuary today. And let us glean from those words and learn. Now, Father, we give you the honor and glory. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.